Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon perry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well hello everyone and welcome to the sports lines what is this number 90 what chris number 90? 94 94 4 20 uh, for uh, what is it uh, may 24th may 24th of, uh, 2020. and the hotline yeah. is open so sean you can let folks know that so the that studio all, line is down there Big so. things coming to the sports lounge. There is. Well, we got an interesting show tonight, and we we uh, have a little thing coming up, a little uh, a divergence here. Some of the folks on the air are going to be uh, cut off around nine o'clock because we have Steve Nomer coming on because he's got the Let's Get Together Yay 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 show, and he's going to be on at nine o'clock with that, and everybody enjoys that show. So we want to get to that right away as best we can. But that doesn't mean we want to cut off the sports. So that means that the podcast is going to be very important this week because we're probably going to have an extra half hour or so of sports information for you. Some of our uh, some of the uh, in history and uh, we're talking about some preaknesses, uh, uh, people who retire prematurely. But first, of course, we're going to do our odds and ends. Uh, then we will do the deaths. There are seven, unfortunately. It always seems like it's a quiet week, and then suddenly, bam, we get like four deaths in the last two days uh, of the of the, in the of, sports world. Most of them like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This week. Yeah, they, I don't know what happens, but you know, there's all kinds of. Everybody talks about reporting deaths in the uh, in the oh. pandemic, and people think there's you know a fudging of <clears throat> figures up or down or whatever they may think. Well, the thing is, these deaths. We we work sailing. We, I'm, I'm like Wednesday. I'll say, oh, this is good. We only have like two. Maybe we'll have one or more or something. And we end up with seven so we got seven deaths so we got the uh, we got that we got uh, the odds in it as i said then we got the history we have the premature retirees that we want to talk about and i have a little discussion of that's something's going to take a little while then i've got some random preaknesses since world war ii that i want to mention some of the ones that are kind of interesting and some of the ones where it was the the horse the one the first two the derby and the preakness and then didn't end up winning and when we get to the belmont we'll tell you why but anyway sean has some info for you and then we'll get into the odds and ends we do have a, by the way oh, just before right. you do that hold on sean just before you do that we do have a hand raised and we will get to that to uh, and, uh bill, we, we, we will get to that questions we haven't said anything yet we, we will get to bill in <laughs> chicago in just a second and then oh. we will get to our first caller that's right yes well yes. that is first all coming up so sean go ahead and then we'll get to bill and then we'll get to the caller right all right well first of all as you heard you can dial in on zoom and if you want to hang out even after and listen you can come in on that zoom number uh I, you heard it on the intro, but I'm going to go ahead and give it again for those that like writing down a whole bunch of numbers. Download your Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923 then 287-723-4600 hits pound key twice. That's if 
you want to come in that way. And you know, But if you just want to come in with a quick comment and you don't, you know, hey, you just come in, make your comment, and then we'll go. Bill will get you set up at just an easy number, 317-886-1103. If you want to leave us a voicemail, 800-693-0595, option number two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live, or you can email us at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net and Make sure it's something that you want read on the air because if it comes to Sports Lounge, it will get read. So don't put anything personal in there. Well, unless, there's, unless there's all sorts of expletives, then we won't. Yeah, we won't read We'll edit. We'll yeah, bleep. We'll, we'll do the ESPN2 version. We won't do the ESPN version <laughs> like Michael Jordan did. We'll do the ESPN2 version. But also, and normally I do this at the end, but those of you that are listening live, you can download the podcast uh, at legendoldies.com. Or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher, have it delivered to you. Or go to 773-572-3006, option number 9. That way, if you lose us at, at 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern, when Steve Nomer comes on and, you know, hey, by the way, that Sunday night get-together show is a good show. I even called in a yeah. request the last time you did it. So, hey, it's a good show. So if you want to l- listen to that, but you also want to check out the podcast later because you're so interested in what we're saying, you can do it that way. But anyway, let's go to our caller and the bill in Chicago and then our voicemail. So, all right. Let's okay, take it away. so let us go. I will hit the button. Bill in Chicago, you're on with us. Okay, I got uh, just a quick question or a comment. How many of you guys have bid on the, on the, on the backboard and the hoop for the Michael Jordan last shot in Cleveland in 89? Uh, no. no, I had not done no, that I one. I, 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 have a, I haven't bid be. on it. I have, a, I have a feeling it's out of my budget range. I think it's, it's probably out of my yeah, budget range. It's, it's out of everybody's budget range. Well, the last, probably the all this last, together couldn't afford it. You know, the last number I heard was just under 10000 Okay. Got, yeah, that's got, what I heard earlier the, today. Are they doing this for yeah. a charity bill, or what is this for? No, it's just a guy selling it. Just a guy selling it. guy who ended up with it from Cleveland, yeah. Yeah, a guy that bought the old Cleveland stadium where the, where Cleveland played. Yeah, Richie, out in Richfield Heights, right. And now he's put the he's put the uh, backboard and the uh, hoop on sale. It goes till ten o'clock and also there's other stuff on there. There is a jersey on there from uh oh, let me think his name. <laughs> I can't lost his name. Craig, he's one of Craig the, Hilo the or Brad Doherty? No, the basketball oh, player LeBron James. was with with, with um Rodman, Rodman, Rodman. Oh, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Okay. They, they got they yeah. got a Rodman jersey on there. Mm-hmm. And some girl back when he was playing drew a picture of him with his shirt off and holding his shirt in his arm on his hand, and pointed to it. I want this for Christmas, and she gave it to him. Well, during the game, he found out she was in the stadium on the twelfth row. She brought the uh, t- walked up to her, took his jersey off, and handed it to her. It's okay. also on okay. sale now, and it was, last I heard, it was $9,000. With official sweat on it and everything. Cool. Wow. It was $9,000, right? Oh, right. I was just, I just yeah, thought yeah. I'd ask you guys. Oh, that's your, cool, like, Bill. Just okay. Yeah, it is. Just, that's cool. Just for the fun. No problem. Right? Okay. Like the memory okay, thanks, Bill. All right. All right, now, our very first voicemail. Here we go. Right, and we're supposed to give them a swell prize that we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. This is for the Sports Lounge. Um, my name is Dennis in Union City. Um, I listen to the podcast on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, actually, uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, actually, at midnight. So 
Anyway, you guys do a great job, but a couple of things. First of all, um, the NBA, I'm hearing, wants to do a single site for uh, everybody for playing. I'm hearing, you know, as far as ESPN radio goes, my local affiliate 1050 uh, is carrying it, and I don't agree with that. I could see the West, uh, Vegas for the West and Orlando for the East, but everybody, you know, in one site, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, I think Mr. Silver, uh, if he ends up doing this, has made his first mistake since he's been commissioner. Um, the other thing is, um, I think Alex Cora got off easy. Um, he should have been suspended for what happened with the Red Sox, and I'm not a big fan of Mr. Manford. Um, you know, and I don't think they'll play either as far as baseball goes. Not because I don't want it. I do hope they do. Being a, being a Dodgers fan and being the number one Dodgers fan in Union City, California, um, you know, I do hope there's baseball, but I just don't see it between the players and the union. The, the union doesn't trust the, the owners. So I don't see it happening. Um, and finally, um, Chris, great job, but you and I have a disagreement, buddy. Um, I don't think there'll be hockey, uh, NHL, and here's why. I remember late, I think it was late 90s, early 2000s. You can Google this. It was the Florida Panthers and I believe the Pittsburgh Penguins. And whenever they had uh, the, the games were in Florida, the ice was, they were always having to have the Zamboni machine have to come out and straighten the ice and they'd have to stop play and the ice would be, get, you know, kind of watery, slushy type of deal, and there were problems. Doc Emmerich uh, commented on it on TV because uh, they didn't carry the games here on Westwood One Radio at that time uh, in the Bay Area. So um, anyway, just to let you know uh, that, but I, I don't agree and that it's going to work. And, you know, with hockey in the summer won't work because there's, there's nowhere where it's cold and even the weather outside – you know, if it can happen in Florida, then it can happen other places. So I don't see uh, the difference unless that thing that freezes the ice, whatever it's called, um, you know, unless they've updated that somehow. And even my friend who works for the L.A. Kings says they, they might as well cancel the season and, you know, just have it next year. Um, your rebuttal, Chris. Um, and uh, your Red Sox beat my Dodgers, so I was not happy in the World Series. So just to let you know, we, we don't agree on that. Um, all right, I will talk to you later. Thank you, and keep up the good work. I like the show. Thanks. Okay, well, well, we'll start with the hockey then because he did. Look, a good, call by the, good call, by the it way. It was a good call. And very, very good. Now, that's how you do a phone call. That's, that's, that's how you, that's how you, so let, that's let me let me uh, do the hockey here because he did mention that first. Then we'll get to the other things too because you know, covered a lot of ground here, okay. and we'll, we'll be covering some of this tonight as well. But the okay. hockey, see, the deal is that they're telling us, and it has been relatively mysterious compared to the NBA because they've been talking about Orlando and Las Vegas. By the way, to cover that one quickly, uh, Orlando won out if they win out, and it looks like they may sign a deal with them later this week because the wives won out. They don't want their guys running around Las Vegas. Well, uh, no, 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 that it's not. That has nothing to do with it. It's, well, uh, here, here's exactly where it happened, and we'll cut. We'll address Orlando, and uh, we'll we we'll your high, but yeah, no, go Orlando, ahead, go ahead, no, do do Orlando. All right, all right, Orlando, and this is the reason they're doing this. Disney, ESPN has a partnership 
you have the NBA, you have the NBA Players Association, and you have ESPN. And ESPN will allow TNT in to do their games also, where if they had done Vegas, it would have been four. It would have been another group. It would have been the TV partners, the MGM, NBA, and the players. Where, see, with Disney, they have the World of Sports Complex, for those of you that don't know, and this kind of covers what we're, this part of the story anyway. World of Sports Complex at Disney Resorts, ESPN World of Sports, has three courts. Plus, they have 12 other courts on the site around, around Disney where they can do games. 25 hotels at Disney, it's private property. MGM, their hotels are kind of spread out a little bit. So they're all at one place. Now, the, the, the thing is, are they going to be allowed to bring their families, or is it just going to be the players? Because it could. It sounds, it sounds like from what I'm hearing, Sean, yes, they will be allowed to bring the families. That's yeah, what I heard. They're going, to, they're going to have a couple weeks where they quarantine, then two or three weeks of practice, and then they want to start the end of July. And they're debating. There's some that are saying it'll be the full season. JT the Brick is saying that. Others are saying they want to get to 70 games because of the partnership with the regional TV networks that they can withhold money. And remember, who owns 21 of those regions? Who owns all of the Fox Sports networks plus 50% of the Yes Network? And it doesn't affect it for NBA, but they also own the Marquee Network is Sinclair. And we all know how Sinclair loves to mess with the things and negotiations. And Sinclair now owns all the regional Fox, the 21 regional Fox Sports networks. So it would affect 18 teams. So that's, that's the whole NBA thing, and that's where – I wonder, while we're – while before, Chris, before you get to the hockey, since we're on the NBA, why don't we just right. finish that topic out? So what we're sure, hearing yeah. is this, that on Friday the NBA Board of Governors will meet to discuss the Orlando plan, as it's being called, which, like I say, Sean said he's heard they want to get to 70. JT the Brick said they want to finish the season. Um, that would all be in Orlando. And with all those courts oh. that Sean mentioned – that's why they can play games. They could play games all day if they wanted to. And it sounds like they and will be able it sounds like they will be able to bring their families, so the players will like that. Unless they're gonna have some other things going on, of course, but we yeah. won't go there. But right. that's the NBA situation that that we're hearing right now. Now right. could it, while we're could we it do, change so again? Yes. So, so we don't forget, we need to also mention that Patrick Ewing tested pos- uh, positive for coronavirus, and uh, I, yeah. hopefully he'll be all right. He's a young, you know, as far as I know, a and young, healthy he, guy. Right. Relatively and, young, we do, and we do also know, Chris, that Jerry Sloan passed away, and we'll get to him later. But and we'll get to him later. I, I, know, I, I, know there's somebody, I know there's somebody out there. You guys are not mentioning that. Yes, we know it's. We know we he's, have it. He's we'll get our to death it. segment. Yes, yes. So those either we, we, any, any NBA deaths, any deaths in any of the sports topics, that we're talking about those are in our those are in our, our memorial segment on Memorial Correct. Day weekend. Yeah, Correct. Right. and that's right. Happy Memorial Day, and hope people enjoy well, it and good stay Memorial safe. Day. I don't know so about yeah, yeah, but and and also real, uh, part of the whole thing with the NBA, they're talking next year they would start the season around Christmas, have training right. camp this first of December because if they go in, they may have to go. They want to be done with this uh, no later than Halloween. They, so you okay. can have NBA championships going on. Along with baseball, with football, yep. and everything mm-hmm. else all there. But now we can oh, yeah. get to your other the comment. Hockey. Okay. Uh, the, the hockey, okay. First yeah. of all, the idea, and Robert can uh, come in, and if he knows more, he certainly can say so because he follows us closer. As I understand it, and I don't even know where, they're mystery locations okay. with the hockey, but as I understand it, we'd have an eastern center and a western center, and one would be in New Hampshire somewhere, 
maybe maybe Manchester because they have the where the Monarchs, you know, the the Manchester uh, AHL team plays. Some some the other one somewhere in the Dakotas or some some yeah, the upwards either, either, either either North or South Dakota, one of the two. North or South. So the deal is uh, the weather won't be as big a factor in New Hampshire and the Dakotas. Number one. Number two. Hey, we uh, you know people act like July and August are a lot harder than June. We play the Stanley Cup every year into June and into June twentieth or whatever we do. And we just played in St. Louis, and there were no problems there when the Bruins and the Blues played last year. No problems in Boston. You've got air conditioning in the arenas. There was probably a faulty pipe, uh, you know, that they were dealing with or something of that sort. So since you're going to play in, it'll minimize the problems if you're playing in the Dakotas and in New Hampshire. But it also will will uh, just not be that big a deal to go from June to July and August. You know, it's not that much hotter. Well, now, we have a team. We have a team, Chris, here that's in the AHL, and <clears throat> as you know, it can be quite humid in the Midwest in the summer. And they went pretty deep into the playoffs last year, and there was no there was no, no ice issues here. Were right. no well, ice and, issues. And our team, our team here, and you know, when they went to the what is it called, the Calder Cup one year, yep, and there was the yeah, AHL. In, that was AHL. a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yes, and they went in June, and you know how hot it gets here in Texas. There right. was no issue. Right, so I, I think in Dallas once- they played it. You know, into late May when they won the Stanley Cup, there that was uh, well into June too. I'm sure in '99. The one thing that we can say with that we know with the NHL is they have agreed there will be a 24 team playoff. That that part of it we know. Other than that, we don't know. Now there's another problem we have to consider, and I don't know how this is going to be solved. As everybody knows, uh, there's a travel ban between the United States and Canada right now. Well, Justin Trudeau came out and said, under no circumstances will anybody be allowed to come in and play in Canada, which means uh, the uh, the NHL has to find a place for six of the Canadian teams because Montreal will not be in the playoffs. They have to find a place for the six Canadian teams who are eligible for the playoffs under this new format to actually relocate themselves well, Robert, well, if they're going to play Dakota in New Hampshire and North Dakota or South Dakota, why do they have to? They can leave Canada and come here if well, they're allowed. If the government allows them to leave Canada, they'll come yeah. here and play. Well, and, that, but and the other the other problem is, I heard one sixth of the uh, NHL players are not in North America; they're from other places, and yeah, they, they have trouble getting back over here. Uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of players that may have went home to go. You know, well, they may have, but they were told at the time. Now I don't know what happened, and there wasn't yeah. much international travel. They were told to stay in their cities. They yeah, were. Yeah. So I'm not. But sure I don't know how many of them did. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure they. I'm sure they will find a way around it. They will. Yeah. All they have to do is let those players out of Canada to go to North Dakota or uh, New right. Hampshire, wherever they're going. That's what. They're right. And if they come, and if they come from other places, you know, um, those play, they just have to probably bring them in, and maybe they quarantine them for 14 days. Right. Right. That's right. But I don't yeah. think they got out because there really wasn't international travel after March March 11th to speak. Right. Out, so. like Tor- Toronto and Ottawa, they can go practice in New York somewhere, you know, after they quarantine. Right. And then, well, that and leads us to our answer. next thing. Sean, we've got uh, openings for sport, uh, sports and various. Why don't you talk about some of the openings in the different states and the practice right. things that are going on? Okay, first of all, speaking of opening, we just, we just got word, Sean, coming across that Tiger Woods, and I yeah. believe he's partners with Tom Brady. No, uh, Tiger, no, Peyton Manning. Tiger, Tiger, okay, he, Tiger and Tiger Peyton Peyton just, Manning they just out. won the uh, they just match. Won it. I, I, just, yeah. I just watched it. They just won the it's match. Tiger and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Was yeah, and I'll talk so about that. I'll, that, I'll talk that about just, that, in a that bit. just finished. 
Yeah, I'll talk about that. We'll get through this other stuff, and I'll talk a little bit about it because I watched a bunch okay, of it, good. not necessarily the golf itself. But, I, you know, I watched really it too. Talk. So, yeah. but no, all right, yeah, we'll talk about that. But okay, the opening. I believe it was on Monday. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it was Monday. Yep. Uh, Texas, New York, and California. The three most populated states and the three states with the most pro teams all announced that pro sports can happen in their states as of most of them were saying June 1st. Uh, you know, they all said June 1st. And, but, and like, so that meant that New York, they, they started, they're starting the uh, horse racing, the uh, Watkins Glen racetrack. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway, the stuff in California, they can open up. So that also means that whenever each town or state allows, that means that all that all, everybody can start working out at their stadiums. And today, Andrew Cuomo came and said all teams in New York can start working out at their team facilities immediately based on whatever regulations of the town and your particular sports league. So the three most populated states, California, Texas, and New York, have all joined there, and, and it's drawn a cross-party line. So it's not just one party saying it. It's the cross-party lines. They, they're saying they can come back. And they did this because, and shortly after they did this, of course, the first IndyCar race comes back June 6th, Texas Motor Speedway, and the Belmont Stakes will now be June 20th. It will be the right. first of the Triple Crown, and it will only be a mile and an eighth. So they will run it, and then on uh, September 5th, they will run the Kentucky Derby, and then they will run the Preakness on October 3rd. So it'll be out of order, but they're not going to run the full, the mile and a half uh, or the Belmont, starting yeah. off with, right. with the no, Belmont. And but, people in New York are upset about that, by the way. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. well there's a lot of people everywhere. This makes sense yeah. because you and, what the the theory is the way it works is you have the shorter races and build the horses up to the mile and a half. There have been a lot of people, and whether they're right or not, I'm not a real horse racing uh, expert. There are a lot of people that think a mile and a half is too much for that younger horse anyway, and uh, yeah. so and, they they really don't like that that distance. And so. by the and by the way, that does both of these in June the the uh, IndyCar race at Texas Motor Speedway. And the Belmont Stakes are both with no fans, as well as we all mentioned. We know June 11, PGA Tour comes back with the Colonial in Fort Worth. So, two of the first events are in the state of Texas with no fans. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you've had NASCAR, you've had these challenges in UFC, but really, as it gets going, you got Indy on the on Saturday the sixth, and there's a rumor that it could go from NBC Sports Network to the big NBC. There's that rumor. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, anyway, well, that's that, right. That that's the day the Belmont would have oh, been. So there you go. And then some of the other openings are <clears throat> getting the college sports. Okay. Getting the college sports. Uh, June eighth, all SEC teams can start working out. Also, the ACC has said they will leave it up to each individual school. University of Louisville announced they will open up their. Now these are their team facilities for players to come do their voluntary summer workouts. These are these are for them to come do summer workouts. And University of Louisville announced they will. Now, they have a tie-in with the University of Louisville Medical Center as far as testing. Ohio State also has said they will come in on June 8th. The Big Ten is leaving it up to each individual school. The Big 12 announced However, the Big Friday, Ten commissioner, Sean, said today that 
as regards to football in the fall, if all 14 teams do not have on-campus schools, there will be no Big Ten football. Yeah, that. But they can at least they, they can, can at least, least they can work doing, out. Yes. Yeah, they can, and it's more of a controlled workout because the coaches they know where they're at. They're not just off at some. They know they're there. And the Big Twelve announced June 15th. They will start allow their teams to start having workouts on campus. So, like I said, they they have all that, and basically the conferences are they're planning for multiple plans. They're planning for fall with fans, fall with short amount of fan with a small amount of fans, or they're planning for the shortened schedule or the spring schedule. They got the four or five schedules because they want some amount of fans. Because if nothing else, in college football especially, and here's something that came up that a lot of people were questioning, they sell, and they do this in the NBA or in the NFL too and all the pro sports, but a lot of the big schools, they have the suites. And there's a question, do those suites count if they only allow 25%? Do they count as a 25% or do they count as a restaurant, like you're going up to that private restaurant club and those suites those suites go for about the same price that 20 tickets go for. So they get those suites sold and you allow 25 or 50% in the suite, and about 25% in the stadium, then you may see some stuff happening. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, that's your openings right now. That, that's the openings. And then I guess uh, we've kind of done basketball and hockey. So what about baseball? Perry? Should we, you, should you we hit, should, we're just about time for the break, Chris. Sean, and we have a call about? too, real quick too. Okay. We have the two, two, five. I can bring in bro. Okay, oh, go ahead and bring in right, Pierre. Yeah, let's bring in the 225. Well, let's bring in Pierre. All right, Pierre. Is the 225 online? Hello, you're on the air. Wait a minute. Let me make sure. Bill is uh, checking things here to make sure that... Oh, way, he should be online. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Pierre Hello? should be. Okay. Okay. Real, how about until Bill gets Pierre, Sean? Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the golf match? Then we'll, if if Bill's got Pierre, we'll go to him. Yeah, or we'll, we'll go to the break. Basically, as of about an hour ago, they had raised eighteen point six million dollars. They started out with t- uh, opening a ten million for Feeding America. You know, and it was Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Uh, you had Brian Anderson, Charles Barkley, uh, Justin Thomas, and uh, Ali LaForce, and I'm trying to remember who all on the coverage. Uh, no, uh, and, yeah. But, yeah. It, it was very good. I don't remember everybody's yeah. name that was there, but the coverage oh, and was very Samuel, good. Samuel L. Jackson of course, was doing the, uh, he did the intro, and, and the best, I mean, the golf was just, you know, you had your, you had your guys, Tiger and Phil, Phil was, uh, Phil was having fun, but some of the best stuff was the back and forth with Phil and Peyton and Charles Barkley up in the booth, that was some of the, that was some of the best stuff, I mean, it was a good, it was, I mean, they were having fun, it was a downpour, they almost didn't get to play it, but. They said they're getting it in as long as there's no lightning. They're getting it. I mean, it, it, you know, they weren't sure. They said it had. They wanted it in there today. It's the Tigers' home course. Ernie Johnson normally would have been there, but you may not see him 
on baseball games and stuff this year. You may see him do a studio, which some may say that's a good thing. He's better at the studio anyway. That is, that is a good thing. Because he's staying back in Atlanta because he has a 34-year-old son with muscular dystrophy. And I had heard this before. He had talked about this on another interview. And his son has been on a ventilator for nine years. And so he says, you know, I don't want to go travel and put my son at risk. And he, you know, he did something from his home in Atlanta, and he said, "I wish everybody the best of luck. I'm glad this is going, but I don't want to, I don't want to put my son at, at risk, you know, because hey, we want to keep him around as long as he can, you know, he can live, and he's a fighter, and you know, they all understand. And that was a good thing. He he got to open up and explain that. But, <coughs> okay, you know, Bill, do we have do we have well, uh, Pierre? Well, I don't know if we've got Pierre or not. It shows he's on here, but I don't hear him. Oh, I'm so, sure he's going to have a great story to tell us. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm <laughs> well, how about, we do this? how about we do then this, Bill? Let's go to break, and we'll, then we'll come back. Yep. We can do that. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky, caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? Touchdown at exactly 3.17 p.m., and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Let's try Pierre one more time. If that doesn't do it this time, we'll do something else and call it a day on that. But I'm not hearing Pierre at all. Um, all right. There um, you go. I just got through watching an entire golf tournament. I've never watched a golf tournament in my entire it, life. It just shows what you're reduced to now, Pierre, you know, the way the world <laughs> is. Wait, you're missing NASCAR for the golf? No, NASCAR was in a long, long rain delay. They just oh. started. Okay. Oh, okay. They three just minutes started. Ago. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I've never watched a golf tournament in my entire life, but I, I needed some kind of sports. What did, Pierre, Pierre, what did you think of the golf? <clears throat> I thought it was great. I enjoyed it, the uh, back and forth between all the players and uh, 
and 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 uh, you know the the announcers and and all that. I thought I thought it was good. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Pierre, you have to remember that golf is very serious. When you normally watch it, you wouldn't get something like that. You know. That's <laughs> well, yeah, they weren't, they weren't serious today. It, <laughs> it was just funny. Well, well even now, even on one of the shots, Tom Brady ripped his pants open, and he, he, he had to right. he had to do yeah. a wardrobe change. It's up to twenty one point two million now. They just wardrobe ma- malfunction, huh? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. But at least let's All be right, ha- let's be yeah. happy. Let's be happy that it wasn't a Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. Well, Damien, right. he, yeah. hey, he was on the he was on the, in the ballpark when they had the other one. So what are you going to do? That's right. You know? yeah. 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 Okay. One of the best lines. One of the best lines I liked on there when Peyton Manning goes, "Is Charles in the announcement yet? Is he still eating lunch?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, then, oh, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that, Pierre, and you were able to while away a few hours of that one. Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and why, while you're here, Pierre, why don't you? Because since you're the one that broke the story, why don't you tell us the story about the Superdome? What's supposed to? Uh, what they're going to try to do with the naming of that? Oh, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Mercedes Benz is leaving the uh, Superdome to go to uh, uh, to go to Ad- Atlanta. Yeah, which they've already the, got uh, that. They had naming rights on both of them. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. But, they, but they decided just to go with that. So now a uh, porn site has offered uh, the Superdome $15 million to be called Strip Chick Superdome. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Superdome has had an interesting history with the, between Katrina and everything else that's happened. Somebody's going to write a good book on the Superdome when they go to tear that thing down. I'll tell you that. Oh, well, yeah. you know, uh, for, for, for New Orleans, it's almost appropriate. What were you going to say, Pierre? Yeah. I, I said strip chicks just fits New Orleans. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they ought to take, take the $15 million. Yeah. You know, yeah they, they said that's much. They said that's more than a, a, a lot of the uh, 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 places get, like Miami and all. You know, they said yep. that's about uh, five million more than uh, most places. Well, get. who owns it? Who owns it? It's not the same, so I assume it's the city that runs it, right? Right, it, it's the city of New Orleans. Okay, yeah. they'll probably have well, somebody complain. The city complain. Or the state of Louisiana that owns it. Yeah, 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 it's the state and the city state. together, yeah. Okay, okay. state and right. the city, because they call it the right. Louisiana Superdome. That's why I thought it might right. have been the right. state that owns it. Right, Okay. Right. All right, good. All right. All right, All right talk to you later. Okay, so uh, I guess we can get into baseball. And, Robert, why don't you talk about your cheap Oakland A's owner out there? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you want me to start with that first? Well, yes, Noah, I do. Well, Noah Syndergaard is... Uh, uh, I know if he if he gets free agency, he needs to go join the Oakland A's because apparently Syndergaard is pulling the same thing that uh, the the A's and their ridiculous ownership. Now look, most of you that have heard me uh, talk on this show, or those of you that know me over the years, you know I've always been very supportive of the Oakland A's and their organization for, and I understand their stadium situation. I've had to explain it to outsiders for numerous years. But I, I, I don't have, I don't have any sympathy, or or any uh, love for for what they're doing here. Uh, as you all know, when sports got shut down in March, uh, the state of California uh, and the and the uh, Bay Area, the Alameda County there, they were thinking about using both the Oracle Arena 
and the Oakland Coliseum itself as COVID-19 sites to build temporary hospitals. Well, they decided to use the arena, but they decided to leave the Coliseum itself alone. And uh, by the uh, so they, they decided to do that, and I don't know when that decision was made. But the point is, every April 1st, um, under this current lease, and I don't know how long it lasts, um, the A's have to pay $1.2 million for their rent. Well, they didn't pay it this year. And they're basically using the idea, well, we were supposed to be used at a hospital. We didn't think it was necessary to pay. Um, and they still haven't paid it. And frankly, I don't know what their excuse is. I, you know, no. uh, I mean, that's about the cost of a, what, a utility infielder or something. I mean, come so, on. Yeah, it's worth $2 billion, John. Uh, the John Fisher worth John $2 Fisher, billion, dollars, right? Yeah, he's worth $2 billion. And uh, frankly, um, the, and the A's have abused uh, baseball. They uh under this particular ownership anyway. They've abused baseball. Uh, they pocketed revenue-sharing money. That's why they no longer get it. Uh, number one, they don't deserve to get revenue-sharing uh, money because what is uh, Oakland and San Francisco, Sean, in the top five of media markets? They're number four. They're, number, they're the number four TV market. Yeah, so there, there's no excuse. If the San Francisco Giants, and I'm not a Giants fan, uh, if the San Francisco Giants can spend money, so can the Oakland Athletics. I am so sick and tired of... Does this team need to be contracted the way the, the New Orleans no. Pelicans, the Hornets, and the X's no, were? No, no, uh, uh, well... Well, they weren't no, contracted. They were moved. And they changed. were moved. I mean, well, no, no, no. No, but the, the Pelicans weren't moved. They were taken over, I mean, not contracted, yeah. but taken over by the league. Yeah, well, there's a thought there. There's a, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you have malfeasance on this owner. You know, the A's, you, know, you had Charlie Finley, and he was one-time owner, and this guy, I mean, apparently gave, you explained to us a few weeks ago, Robert, that they gave away a lot of their rights that they had had up against the Giants, and then well, they're complaining I, about wanting them back again. Now, I don't remember. Did I go over that in this show here? Yes, or? yes, you did. Okay. All right. Well, if you guys want to go back to the older podcast, you can you can hear that explanation. But that that all has to do, Chris, with Roy Eisenhart and Wally Haas when they took the team over okay. after after uh, Charlie Finley left. Uh, you know, they were they were nice and decent owners, and they decided to help out Bob Lurie and the Giants because remember, what was it in the eighties or nineties? The Giants were uh, almost ready to move to Tampa to Bay and all Tampa Bay. Bay yeah, yeah. Well, to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, so the A's, they had all this territory, and uh, Roy Eisenhart and Wally Haas uh, decided, well, hey, uh, we right. don't, we don't, we don't want to see. Right. Well, Tampa you kind of told that story. You know? but my point is, you know, and they gave it up. My point yeah. is, is this guy basically playing the victim card? And, oh, they gave up all my territory. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do anything else. And so that's that's just the way he, he operates. And if that's well, the way he's yeah. going to be, then get him out of there. They had to get another one that they had to take over or, or do something about was the Dodgers. Remember yeah, when, they, well, when the Dodgers yeah, you know, Frank, had their problems? The Frank McCourt, but right. you know what I, okay, here's what I don't like about this owner. He never says anything publicly. He don't face the media. He always forces other people to speak for him. Right, like that thing about the radio deal. That was yeah, uh, the, yeah. that poor spokesman was up there trying to make, you know, uh, make yeah. uh, chicken um, salad out of you know what. Now I will, oh. I will, I will give the guy credit for this. 
she hires baseball people such as Billy Bean and yes. and David Force and Bob Melvin, and he lets them run the team, and that's why they've been so successful. So he doesn't interfere with baseball operations, but when it comes to everything else, uh, this organization literally sucks. I, I don't blame people. Even though the team has been good, I don't blame people for wanting to show up at that stadium. It, it is not a safe. It is not a safe place to be. I understand how bad it is, um, but this is uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm trying to do my best to keep it clean here because uh, they don't yes. they don't deserve yeah. any any sympathy well, whatsoever. Okay. Let's so do anyway, let's do this. We're coming up. Happening. We're coming up on about the ten little over ten minutes. So let's try to get through baseball okay. and football for our yeah, for our on air listeners. So, so, so all right, real so quick, Perry, the other quick, the other quick story: Anaheim Angels have decided they're going to be furloughing all of their employees, and you're catching all kinds of flack on that, because they said June 1st, and people are going, wait a minute, the draft is June 10th. Yeah. So they're talking about all their scouts and everybody, so yeah, Artie right. Marino, you know, but the, with there are some good. There are some good stories as far as that, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts, but there are some yeah. good stories as far as the furloughing, too. The Minnesota Twins, I mean, everybody in this part of the world has always yelled at the poll ads about how cheap they are. Well, Jim Polad is not furloughing his people. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are not. Uh, Chris Illich of the Tigers announced he won't. And I, there may be one or two other ones that have announced. So there are some good stories amongst those who are. I don't think the Red Sox have. I haven't heard that they the are. Angels, so, yeah, no. the Angels are kind of. The they're Angels are. Uh, the Cubs are. You know, But the Angels are doing it before the draft. Or they were they about are. to before yes. the draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was some optimistic uh, talk you heard earlier in the week, uh, Perry, from Austin Hedges, uh, player rep for the Padres, and uh, John Daniels, the owner of the Rangers. And what, what did you hear about that? Basically, it sounds like where they are now, and there's even more up to date this morning on, on uh, the front office on SiriusXM. Uh, Hedges and Daniels say they do not think money is going to derail the season. They, they just don't think either side would be stupid enough to allow that to happen. Right. So, and then this morning, it sounds like the an int- a proposal that people are trying. And number one, we don't even know what the owners are going to present the players with economically. That doesn't happen until Tuesday. So we've been commenting on things that we don't even know that are official. So let, well, let's yeah, keep we've that been in doing mind. that for three months. I mean, come right. on, yeah. you know. But let's keep. Let's <laughs> just, well, I mean, let's just go there. We don't even. You know, we'll find out on Tuesday. But he, the health proposal was submitted as sixty-seven pages. The players submitted their response to the 67 pages, and it sounds like that's going to be the easy part is, is the health issues. The money, yeah. the latest thing I heard this morning between uh, Bowden and Duquette on, on SiriusXM, it sounds like the players might be willing, instead of, you know, the Blakes, now I'm going to get mine, they right. might be willing to take deferred money, which means, you know, you'll pay so much this year and so much in the next year or two because basically what Bowden was saying this morning is the owners are going to make this up one way or the other you can either help them make it up this season or you're going to have free agent contracts that are going to be far less than, right. than you want them to be so he said you can do it one way or the other and it sounds like that may be the latest thing now the players were not happy because this le- this week a leaked email went to Joel Sherman of the New York uh, Post uh, saying that, you know, how the players are, weed. we worked out all these financial things in March. We're not reopening it. Well, the, this email 
said that uh, if there are no fans, it had to be, it was going to be reopened. So clearly, mm-hmm, yeah. they weren't all worked out. And Chris Russo was saying the other day that he believes that for the last three months, you know, you've heard Tony Clark saying, hey, you know, we worked all this stuff out, and he said Tony Clark knew that that was absolutely untrue. Yeah, yeah. And so the other thing. Go- the, the other thing with baseball, I think, is that they're saying now, that, and I, we kind of knew this about the coverage, that in baseball, that for the TV net, uh, crews at least, that they're going to stay in their studio. They're going to maybe go, go to their ballparks and do the games in their cities, but they're not going to travel. They're going to stay in their studios and do the games. Is that uh, correct? That, that was, is correct, and that yeah. could be the same with radio. We don't know about right. radio yet. We don't know. Now, ESPN I hope they at least leave ambient sound. You know, I know and we got into this discussion, and we're going to probably talk about it when it happens to be all mad about the fake crowds. I hope they at least leave the ambient sound. Well, so, in other words, you have a mic. You're not just sitting in a studio in Boston and the game is in Tampa Bay and you don't ESPN, hear anything from Tampa Bay. ESPN has done this where they have not sent actual broadcast crews to there, but they have had cameras there to get the actual sound right. from the game. Mike, yeah, so they've Mike. done this with certain games where they didn't want to send them. And, mm-hmm. you know, remember Craig Way couldn't go to China to do the yes. year two basketball game, so he did it from a hotel room in I West remember Virginia. that. Yeah. yeah, and so that has happened before. So, it, so we it did have a couple of NFL notes. Uh, Joe Flacco yeah. is going to be a New York Jet this year. Uh, he's going to be a backup to um, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. Yeah. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. And the other thing is, and uh, Sean, why don't you talk about this about the new fourth and fifteen role? Looks like is going to okay, come. It may come they're, in. They're doing. They're going to vote on the twenty eighth, which is Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yes. Yeah. They're going to vote on on the 28th, the owners are, as far as a new getting rid of the onside kick. And instead, you would go to your 25-yard line, and you would have one, have a shot at 4th and 15. If you make it, then you get it. If not, then the other team gets it sort of the same way if, you know, on the onside kick. The you get it from wherever. Has, so either if you, it's an incomplete yeah. pass, they're going to get it to your 25. So it's a gamble. Yeah, the XFL did it. The old a, the AAF that was around last year had a variation of it. Now, you will only get two per game. Two of the you're only allowed two per game on this fourth and fifteen. So right. No, no, the onside kick wasn't working out. I think when they changed the rules about how everybody had to line up, I don't know what the percentage was. If if anybody recovered any this year, I don't know about it, maybe 5 or 10%. Used to be 40%, 30% used to get a chance at it. This is a lot more like that used to be, where maybe a third, a half, 25, 30% of the time, you might make your fourth and 15, you know. So it's it's a little more of a a fighter's chance. When you're behind at the end of the game, you're down by – you, know, you get your touchdown, you're down by four, you know, and you got 30 seconds to go. If you can get your fourth and 15, then you got at the 40, and, you know, you have a, have a puncher's chance, as they say. But, you know. So, anyway, so that's uh, – is there anything else in uh, football or baseball we need the to only, do before we start? Yeah, the, only, the, only thing in the, the only thing in the NFL is it sounds like at least right now they are planning for other ways. But it, there was a story this morning that the NFL is, is saying that at least today – Things could change. They are planning to play their season with full stadiums. Now, whether that happens well, or not, it, whether that happens or not, is up in the air. We, we clearly all, in May also, and something in September, there's a lot of ways th- things can either go and, much better or they can go much worse. And they're they're looking at this because they're saying some cities may allow full, some may have to do 25 or 50 percent, some may do. You know, they may all have different limits, but they have. They have multiple plans, and Alma and there was even a talk that they would have the they would have their announcers 
not go to the stadium. The national announcers, Al Michaels said he will be at the stadium. He said, I am not. I'm not doing it from a studio, so yeah. he's already and, uh, by, by the way, Carlos Hyde is signed with the Seattle Seahawks this week also, so okay. there you yes. go. And uh, if you want to get into the rumor mill, uh, the Tom Brady and Russell Wilson uh, have asked both Tampa Bay and Seattle to bring in, when they're allowed to bring in people, uh, Antonio Brown for a workout. Okay. Yes, they have. Whatever. All right. That, that's ah. wonderful. Okay. Um, all right. So we have the start the deaths. We've got uh, like seven of them to run down, and uh, we'll do the best we can to get through them before the uh, people on the air leave us. But we may should not be we, Chris, able to. should we do the Jerry Sloan one first? That's probably the biggest. Right. Then that way they can yeah. hear the right, they can hear right. the feature. We can do that. Let me find the Yeah. Yeah. Do we do we want to? Uh, let me find my Jerry Sloan stuff and uh, read that, and then Bill can play. We've got some uh, <laughs> some tape on that. And then we can talk about Jerry Sloan after that because we want to talk about the best teams not to win championships. That might be. Do we, do we have enough time? Do we have enough we, time? Uh, by we my leave? clock, by my clock, Bill, we're what about eight minutes? That's about right. That's about right. I yeah. think we can do this. Okay, I go ahead. We, okay. this. we play right, the so clip first Sloan, and then talk about Jerry Sloan. We can do. No, we're going to talk about Jerry Sloan and get people oriented to him, and then we're going to play the recording of you know of him. That's how you do it. Okay, so Jerry Sloan, seventy-eight years old. Uh, he, he played for Evansville in, from 62 through 65, uh, Evansville University, a golden ace. He's the fourth pick for, of the Baltimore Bullets and in the 65-66. Uh, and then Bulls came into existence, and he was an expansion sent an expansion to the Bulls, probably one of the best expansion uh, picks, Jim Fergosi with the Angels, few over the years. But this is one of the top ones to go somewhere you know, into an expansion team. He went to the Bulls, and he was played there from 66 through 76. Then he uh, he was a swing man. He was a shooting guard and a, and a small forward. Then he was assistant with the Bulls, assistant coach in 78, 79. They had uh, in, um, in uh, for the Bulls in 79 through 82. Then he was assistant with Frank Layden in Utah from 85 through 88. But Frank Layden did color for Utah, and I used to like listening to him. He was pretty good. And then he was the head in Utah from 88 to 2011. I didn't know anybody in the NBA had coached that long. That's amazing. I didn't realize it. Yeah, well, Popovich has. Well, Popovich has. All right. So he was an all-star in 67 and 69. Um, He had, uh, let's see, I think we've got, he had 10,571 points, 615 rebounds, uh, 1925 assists. Um, he is, uh, let's see, he had, uh, let's see, I've got his, uh, okay, his, his coaching record here is, uh, I'm looking for it because there was, if you add, add everybody, everything up, I think he had 1,319 wins. And he is in among the top nine coaches, Steve Adelman, uh, Larry Rick Brown. Rick Adelman. Uh, uh, Rick, who? Rick Adelman. Rick Adelman. I thought it was 2,000. Was it 1,319 or 2,300? 1,319 between regular season playoffs. Rick Adelman, Larry Brown, Phil Jackson, George Carl, Don Nelson, uh, Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, Lenny Wilkins, and um, and Popovich is the top at 1,442. And uh, and and no coach of the year, but he had 15 years of of, of winning seasons in a row. And, and Utah was in the finals in 1997 and 1998. And then, uh, let's see, he also, 
and he died. Uh, he was di- diagnosed with Parkinson's and Lewy body disease, disease in April of 16, and he died of them in, uh, you know, just now. And the thing is that we, we the discussion we're going to have about him is, was he uh, the coach of uh, the best team not to win the the title, you I have Buffalo Bills, you have the Los Angeles Lakers of the 60s with the, with Baylor and West. Of course, West won it in the 70s, but the Lakers, uh, you know, uh, the Buffalo Bills. But Utah is right there. They are. Well, let's play our him. let's play our segment because we're getting right up next to the clock. So yeah, okay. why, don't you, why don't you play our segment and then we'll come back and say goodbye to our on-air listeners. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys, before we go to break, I want to do want to take a moment to celebrate the life and mourn the passing of Jerry Sloan, who died this morning at the age of 78 after a battle with Parkinson's disease and dementia. You know, in a league that often values style, Jerry Sloan, he was the substance. He was consistent. He was straightforward. And he was simply damn good at basketball. First as a player with the Bulls, Sloan was a rock. He was a first-team all-defense four times. He was an all-star twice. And when he retired after an 11-year career, he was the first to have his number retired by the Bulls. It's as a coach, though, that most of today's fans remember him best. For 23 years, come rain or shine, rebuilding or playoff runs, Jerry Sloan was there. He and Greg Popovich are the only coaches to win more than a thousand games with just one team. And oh, what games they so often were. Sloan was elected to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame in 2009. And here's our Shelley Smith with more on a man we won't soon forget. While many will connect Hall of Fame basketball coach Jerry Sloan with the Utah Jazz, the coach always considered himself a farmer first and applied that same work ethic throughout his career. After winning two Division II titles at the University of Evansville, the Baltimore Bullets selected him fourth overall in the 1965 draft. Joining the expansion team in Chicago in 1966, Sloan became a guard known for his tenacious defense but scored more than 10,000 points with the Bulls in 10 seasons. Sloan tries to knock it away. Good. Good field goal shooter at this time. And again, it is Sloan on those boards. One of the most aggressive rebounding guards in the NBA. He retired in 1976, and a few months later, he returned to Evansville as a head coach, but resigned after five days, citing personal reasons. Eight months later, the team's plane crashed after takeoff, killing all aboard. In 1979, he earned his first head coaching job, taking over the Bulls. Sloan coached Chicago to the playoffs in his second season, but was dismissed after a slow start in his third year. In 1985, he headed west to Utah as Frank Layden's assistant. Four years later, he took over midseason as head coach. Sloan would produce 16 straight winning season, 15 straight playoff appearances, and help make the combination of Carl Malone and John Stockton into one of the NBA's most potent scoring duos. The Jazz won the Western Conference titles in 1997 and 1998, but ran into the buzzsaw that was Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Everybody likes to win one, but to come and compete after losing the first one and come back and compete for the next one, to me, is one of the most rewarding things you can do, even though we didn't win. 
He won 1,223 regular season and playoff games over 23 seasons with the Jazz and finally called it quits in 2011 amid reports of personality issues with Darren Williams, a charge both of whom downplayed. Through it all, he kept his dry sense of humor, collected an array of tractors and antiques. He also attended as many jazz games as he could, always greeting fans with interest and charm. From my beginning in McLeansboro, the game of basketball has introduced me to opportunities and life experiences I never dreamed. I love this game and will always be grateful for what it has given me. guys it's time to say goodbye to our our faithful over the air listeners so <laughs> folks keep listening to the podcast but for our on-air listeners steve is coming up next and we will we will talk to you on the podcast right yep. all right all right there you go okay. guys there we go okay so <laughs> now, uh, uh, another thing with uh, jerry sloan we darren williams did was on uh, fox sports radio today and he um, as she said he kind of downplayed it but he said they did, you know, once he was no longer there, he said they did have a chance to talk and, and figure things out. So, you know, and, that's, all, that's always he, good when you say when you hope to see there's he, a problem. It's always good when you can figure it all out. He was the first player for the Chicago Bulls to have his number retired. Yep. Also, now, those of you that remember, on All Things Radio, Bill played a clip about the Evansville plane crash. Yes. He, he had taken the job at Evansville. And for five days, five days later, he backed out. It was that season. He backed out, he said, for personal reasons. So if he had stayed, he would have been on that plane, and we wouldn't have had him. And like I said, I think there's a whole – I mean, I look at probably his teams in the 90s, probably the best teams to never win a championship. He, had, he out of the NBA coaches, he's won the most playoff games without winning a championship out of any coach out there. Okay. The only right. thing, the only thing, Chris, that I must uh, correct you on, you said the Evansville, okay. they are the Golden Aces. They are the Purple Aces. Oh, they're purple, aren't they? Yes, they are. Purple they are. Yes. What happens? So, those people okay. in Evansville take that. They take that personally, don't they, Bill? They most certainly do. Yeah. Well, sorry, but sorry to the folks in Evansville. Now, hopefully, uh, they're listening to the podcast, not the radio feed. Okay. So um, <clears throat> we go on to our other desk. We move into Ben Williams. He was uh, 65. He was a defensive end for. Uh, he was. They called him Gentle Ben. He was the first black player at Old Miss, and he uh, started to play there in uh, 1971. And uh, the first to play, there there was another guy there who uh, didn't uh, actually get on the field as fast as he did. <clears throat> he had 377 tackles for Old Miss and uh, 37 sacks uh, overall in 18 and one, in one season. And then he went, uh, and that was, that's a record for Old Miss. And he went to Buffalo for from 76 through 85. He had two interceptions and seven fumble recoveries and scored a safety. So, and then uh, he was in the. Uh, in the Pro Bowl in 1982, or on the Pro Bowl team, and he died of natural causes. Last week we talked about Mary Pratt very briefly. We didn't know much about it, and David USF, our uh, guy who comes in and gives us all this info, gave us some. Mary Pratt uh, played uh, in the uh, uh, Negro. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. The, uh, the, the women's baseball, League. baseball League. Yeah, yeah, from 43 through 47. She was oh, from 44 the, through 40, no, 40, yeah. 43 she, through 40. 47. The Rockford yeah. Peaches uh, first in 43 and 44. Then the Kenosha 
uh, Comets, 44-45, then back to Rockford, 46-47. and 47. 44 was her best uh, year. She had a uh, no-hitter that time. Her record uh, was not stellar, 28-51, and 51, 3.48 ERA. So that means it wasn't, a, you know, they weren't hitting her hard, uh, you know, but uh, no run to support, I guess. And, and only 55 was, strikeouts. And the league, actually, the league actually existed from 1943 through 1954, which you don't even think about, but it, it did. And uh, so that, that was it for her. What were you going to say, Sean? Well, no, I was going to say, I think she was not, I think you wrote that down, she was not with them in 43 with Rockford. She was with Rockford in 44, David, you said, because in 43, that was what, that was the season that the, that the movie A League of Their Own was based on, and we thought she was all the way May, and David Yosef correct Right, no, he said that, that she wasn't that, but maybe she just wasn't in the movie. She was not, no, she was not on that team. He right. said she was not on that first year. She was okay. on the 44. Nonetheless, she played there. So we, we don't yeah. correct. She was there. Okay. And she was part of that famous that famous league. And By the way, the movie, yeah, it, it was a little dramatized, but it was pretty good. I recommend watching that movie if you haven't ever seen it. Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, Shirley everybody's Donald. got time to watch any movie they want to watch now. So Gina Davis. Okay. Uh, and then we have another death here. Ken Burmeister, 72 years old, assistant uh, for... Uh, uh, University of Arlington, uh, University of Texas at Arlington, seventy six, seventy nine. Then he went as an assistant at Iowa, seventy nine through eighty three before Perry's time. But he did uh, was with the Hawkeyes. He was, yeah, he was with the Hawkeyes, Chris, when they went to the Final Four, and that had the name, the note names you would remember off of that team would, of course, be Bobby Hansen because he played for the Bulls and he broadcast right. for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Kevin Boyle, who broadcast for Northern Iowa, they were both on that team. Uh, Ronnie Lester was on there. He had a pretty good NBA oh, yeah. career. So yep. some names on that Hawkeye team. And, yeah, and I think that was 1980 that they went. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 1980. The assistant coach for Arizona from 83 through 86, head at University of Texas San Antonio from 86 through 90. Then he was an assistant at uh, DePaul from 90 through 94. Head coach of Loyola of Illinois or Chicago, whatever they want to call it, 94 through 98. Head coach of Trinity in San Antonio, which is a small Division three school. Division three. Yeah, that's what I said, 98 and 99. And the head Incarnate Word, which is another one in San Antonio. They uh, were Division two. They were Division two at that time. Now they're one. They're Division one AA. Okay. Yeah, uh, Incarnate Word uh, from 06 through 18. His total. Coaching record was 330 wins and 262 losses, and he died of cancer. And he took University he took University of Texas San Antonio in '86 to their very uh, yeah '86 to their very first NCAA tournament appearance. Mm-hmm. Then we have Joe Bochamp uh, from uh, the San Diego Chargers. Uh, he was 76, played for the Chargers in, from '66 through '75. He had 23 interceptions and three touchdowns. And uh, six fumbles uh, recoveries, uh, and he had three interceptions in one game against Denver on uh, September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy two, and that's uh, tied for the Chargers' record for that. And uh, let's see, he had uh, uh, he was the fourth in interception yards returned, with four hundred thirty three, and uh, fourth for touchdowns also for the Chargers. Then we have a tennis player that I don't remember, um, and uh, it was my era when I was just starting to follow sports, but this name does not ring a bell, Ashley Cooper. He was 83 years old. He uh, played uh, tennis from 53 through 62, and he turned pro in 59. That's what used to happen. See, all the uh, Wimbledon and all that, they were the amateurs, and then you turned pro, and there was a pro tennis circuit, but 
it was kind of silly because, you know, they, they, it wasn't the name tournaments. They made it all, they amalgamated the pros and the amateurs that kind of got rid of that whole status thing about the mid-60s. But it was kind of a weird thing. People kind of disappear from the sports pages, and they just play these almost ex- we almost felt like exhibition matches. They really weren't uh, anything that people really uh, had much uh, weight on. But anyway, he, was, uh, he had 27 tournament wins, uh, I think, in his an- amateur career. Uh, he had, his matches... He won 414, lost 223. In uh, 57 and 58, he won the Australian Open. In uh, the semifinals in French Open in both 56 through 58. And then in 58, he won the U.S. Open and Wimbledon. And he won numerous doubles titles as well. And he died of a long illness. So that's not a name. The ones I remember from Australia at that time were Roy Emerson and Rod Laver. But I do not remember that guy. But uh, he had quite a career. Okay, we did the Jerry Sloan stuff. So let's move on to the next guy. And that would be Dave Smith, a wide receiver. He was 73. He uh, played for the Steelers from 70 through 72. Frankly, I don't remember him very well either. And he left during the 72 season, so just before they made the playoffs. Uh, for the first time, and then he went to Houston for the rest of the 72 season, and he played uh, two games for Kansas City in 73. He had, had a, uh, 109 receptions for 1,457 yards and seven uh, touchdowns, and he uh, did recover, recover one fumble. And then our last guy is another big guy, maybe the second biggest behind uh, Jerry Sloan, Eddie Sutton. He was yes. 84. He was an assistant for Oklahoma State, in 58-59, the head coach of Central High in Tulsa from 59 through 66. And then the head of the, uh, uh, what is it, Idaho, Southern Idaho, it looks like here, 66 through yeah. 69. That's, that's correct, Southern Idaho. Yeah. yeah. Head coach for Creighton, 69 through 74. Arkansas head coach from 74 through 85. Kentucky's head coach, 85 through 89. And then Oklahoma State, 90 through 96. And then uh, an interim head of... Uh, no, San- that would be 90 to 06, Chris, not 90 96. to 06, you're right. I yeah, just read that. Uh, interim head coach of the University of San Francisco in 07 until February of 08. He had, uh, let's see, 806 wins and 326 losses. And uh, let's see, let's see, and then... Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm still I'm not- on. Um, yeah. uh, he, the first guy to take four schools to the final four, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, uh, Arkansas in 78, Oklahoma State 95, and uh, 04. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly. what. But anyway, he, he did take uh, four schools to the NCAA. Kentucky in, Ar- in the 80s also, one of the, one of the teams in the 80s. Okay. Also. All right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. Okay. In 89, then, I think it was. Okay. And uh, there are nine coaches uh, that have over 800 uh, wins. Uh, and I think uh, we've got them. Uh, let's see. I don't have them all here. Uh, uh, Jim Beheim, Eddie, Eddie Sutton's one of them. Uh, Jim Calhoun, Bobby Knight, um, Roy Williams, uh, Bob Huggins, uh, Dean Smith, Adolph Rupp. And so and, and he made the basketball Hall of Fame. And Chichewski, that's right. Mike Chichewski's yeah. the, the other one, yeah. Yes, and that's right. And he, he, he made the... Uh, Basketball Hall of Fame in uh, 03, I think it was, and the Hall, yes. College Hall of Fame just this year, or, or no, in 11, I guess he made the College Hall of Fame. No, he'll be, inducted, he'll be inducted this year. He'll be inducted to the Hall of Fame oh. this year, the Basketball Hall of Fame Yeah, this the year. Basketball Hall. this year. Okay, that's what it is. All right, yeah. there we go. So we uh, 
We did that. And uh, an announcement on that, there's, uh, they're thinking they may have to delay that because of everything going on. It was supposed oh, I'm to be sure. out. They're, yeah. they're supposed to but, be August 29th, but they think they have to push that back. So, okay. Yeah. So um, I guess we could do, why don't we do the uh, retirement thing? Because that was kind uh, of held over from last week. You want to hold off until next week when we have our live listeners, too. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think we can go I'd ahead. I'd rather get it, it done because, yeah. you know, what's going to happen next week? We may have a whole bunch of other things and we won't get it done that week either. Right. So, so let's go ahead and do it. Right. So I'm going to read the rankings. Then we can talk about some people who should have been there and they kind of fudged one to make a little ratings as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Number one, and these are premature retirements is what they're talking about. People who retired and uh, maybe before they should have or needed to either due to injury or because uh, they just decided to retire. Number one was Barry Sanders. No number, argument there. You know, number two was uh, Andrew Luck. We know all about that. We talked about that earlier this year when that happened. Right. Number three was Jim Brown. That was very sudden in the middle of the summer. He just said, I'm, I'm not coming back. That was amazing. Number four was Brandon Roy. Uh, I don't number, think he should be that high, but, you know, yeah. no, I don't either. Number five, Calvin Johnson. That was a bit of a surprise when he did that, too. Number six was uh, Michael Jordan the first time, and that was to, you know, tie and in with the Jackson. Uh, this was put out by ESPN. Yeah, that's correct. This was put out by ESPN. Yeah, and that's where uh, we'll get into uh, uh, Robert and I have a bone to pick with this list because there's definitely somebody who should have been on there, uh, and we'll talk about that. Number seven, Bo Jackson, of course, was his injury in that uh, Raiders yeah. game, you know, and, of course, ruined two retirements. You almost give him credit for two because it yeah. ruined his baseball career, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, Boom Boom Mancini. Well, tell me about Boom Boom, uh, Robert. Okay. Um, I think he retired prematurely because uh, after he ended up killing Dooku Kim in the ring, he was never the same fighter. And I, I don't think his heart was in it anymore. You know, uh, because uh, you don't have deaths in boxing very much anymore. But this was on national TV. Everybody got to see it. It was in 1982. It was a CBS Saturday afternoon fight. Yes, it was. And, I remember and, that now. And, uh, you know, it was, it was Tim Ryan and Gil Clancy. And, right. of, course, of course, you didn't know at the time that the guy died but because you know, he ended up dying in the hospital three days later. But it was a very violent, vicious fight. It was back and forth. And it was one of the causes uh, that I hate that – caused championship fights to go from 15 to 12 rounds. Oh, I was wondering why that happened. Okay. Uh, I am from I am from the old boxing school. I believe all title fights should always be 15 rounds. It's the way I was raised. I don't believe in this 12-round business. Uh, 45 minutes of boxing, you, you prove your mettle. And, and, but I think this was one of the things that caused boxing to, to change. And, of course, it officially wound up changing. <clears throat> the major fight that fell under the new rules that could have. It, it, it was the last fight that had the choice. It could have gone 15 or 12, and that was Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, and uh, they both decided that they want they wanted 12 rounds. Okay, we're almost anyway. done. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, then we had, uh, that was uh, number nine, Sandy Koufax, and that um, came out of the blue because he had pitched he was injured in 64, but he pitched two, two full seasons in 65 and 66, including a no-hitter in 66, and, of course, uh, led the Dodgers to the pennant. And uh, then uh, he had an arthritic elbow, and he retired. He was, I think, about, um, oh, 31, 32 years old, something like that. 
And the last one, Beyond Borg, and I don't know much about him. I just know uh, he's very well, he was, he, early from tennis. He, he was a very good tennis player yes. in the seventies and eighties. He yes, gave he John he gave John Macaro and Tim, uh, Jim Connors fits, and he retired at like twenty five or twenty six years old. And yeah, he, uh, just, he just came out of the blue. It was another one of those out of the blue type things. Yeah. Right. And the one that, Bob, yeah. that Robert and I agree should be here is Bobby Orr. Now, what yeah. happened with Bobby Orr? He was, was like he was, number 19 on the list. He, which yeah. I was he That's should. ridiculous. I mean, yeah. he should be. First of all, if you when you do this list, you're thinking about, you know, you put a guy like a Barry Sanders because it can be argued the best running back, or you put somebody up there. Bobby oh. Orr is argued, most people would say in NHL circles, one of the top five hockey players of all time. So that yeah. puts him in the top ten right there. And then, then you think about what happened to him. So he had knee operations. Now, the, one, the three guys I always think about in the 50s and 60s, that would have been even bigger superstars, and we know all know their names very well. And I always say this, and everybody my age agrees with me: is Bobby Orr, Joe Namath, and Mickey Mantle. Because yep. if they'd had the surgeries that that they have now, those guys would have been even bigger stars than they are. Namath, of course, didn't accomplish as much as Bobby and Mickey did, but Mickey and Bobby could have been way up the top, and if they'd had more healthy years, and and Namath certainly would have been, you know, towards the 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 Tom Brady end of the scale, you know, he has the one Super Bowl we talk about, but he was so hurt so often. So, you know, uh, but Bobby uh, Orr, you can almost consider Bob, you can almost consider Bobby Orr, Chris, had he not been so injured, the top defenseman in NHL history. Correct. So, you know. Correct. Now, the thing about Bobby Orr was he played, he was born in 1948, played for the Bruins till late in 1975 calendar year, was out, went out with an injury. Then, because he wasn't told by his agent that he actually was getting, would have gotten more money from the Bruins, he went to Chicago because the agent had another deal on the fire with the Blackhawks' ownership. So he ended up in Chicago, but he only played maybe 10 games in Chicago over two years. So yep. you can, for all intents and purposes, he retired almost retired at about 27, you know, yeah. really. So, and by the way, just for the record, Jerry, uh, Bob, and Jamal, if you guys do want to speak, we're not fighting the clock anymore, so if you do want to speak, go ahead and put your hand up and we'll get to you. That's, That's right. right. And, yeah. and, and we will about, actually, a good time for them to do that would be now because we're about to go into the history thing and we're just about done with this retirement but thing. Real, so. on the, my thing on the list, thing, your top three, they can be interchangeable. You know, Barry, Andrew Luck, Jim Brown. Those three, one, two, three, there's an argument. They could all... There's an argument for all of them to be, but I don't know why Brandon Roy is so high. Sandy Koufax, yeah. I think, should be higher than number nine. I would, yeah, yeah, I, and, I agree. Uh, and we all know we all know why Michael's there because he didn't put out the list, right? Well, you know, we all know Bjorn Borg. Yeah, I mean, he deserves in there. Calvin Johnson, yep. Megatron, and say, they, they, yeah. uh, that brings up my next point, Sean. There's one franchise that this happened to twice, and that's the Detroit Lions. Barry uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, <laughs> you yes. know. Sure. Yep. You know, and if just, you know what the and here's the thing, they put Michael Jordan's first retirement in there. Wouldn't if you're going to do that? Wouldn't Gronk's first retirement go? There? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and you could put uh, Michael's second retirement in the Willie Mays list, where he shouldn't have been playing for all those years he did play. But you know, he should have stopped yeah. about two or three years before he did uh, when he was playing with the Bullets and uh, the or the Wizards or whoever it was at that point. Uh, that's, he, why, yeah. that's why. That's why I love. Li- that's why I love listening to Mike Francesa because he covered that today. Somebody called and asked about the '73 series and what happened between Willie and Yogi and and uh, uh, Mike Francesa said, uh, you know. Uh, uh, he uh, he thought Willie stayed around too long, and he said, 
go read the Willie Mays book, and he mentioned the book that I read, and he said, well, Willie flat out says he played too long. Let's go to Bob, in uh, our friend in uh, Michigan. Bob, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yes, with all, this, uh, with all these old baseball games, leads me to this question. What was the first year in modern uh, times that the local baseball teams were allowed to broadcast the World Series? Okay. What happened was now, uh, all right, there's two parts to this. The first thing was, of course, they would ask uh, in a year, let's say, let's make it easy and do 67. They had Ken Coleman for the Red Sox and Harry Carey for the Cardinals. You know, there were other years more people got to do it. But uh, that's the kind of thing they would do. And they'd each be, they were both on NBC. One would be on radio, one would be on TV. Uh, those those were easy. Then you had times when you'd have the, both guys on TV. Like you'd have um, Vin Scully and uh, and um, Mel Allen did that 1956 perfect game. But basically what happened from uh, the 70s, from 76, I think, on uh, through 80, through 80, 77 through 80, the local people were not really involved uh, at all, except on uh, well, 77, 78 on radio, not on TV at all anymore. And then 79 and 80, they weren't involved anywhere. So then when the when the Phillies won and the fans got so mad that they did not hear Harry Callis, Andy Musser, Richie Ashburn, and those guys, uh, they changed that and they said the flagship could do it. So from starting in 81, the flagships have been able to have their local broadcasters do the do the World Series. So uh, now that we have yeah, XM, it's, it, it's great. You know, we can we can go get that and uh, listen yeah, to or, or uh, tune in. Were, I can tell you there were many, many people in Des Moines when the Cubs won the World Series. I heard a lot of people say, say that, you know, Dan Shulman is a great announcer, but I didn't want to hear Dan Shulman call that game. I wanted to hear Pat Hughes. A Correct. lot of people said that. And I mean, it's right. no and, knock and on Dan, everybody no knock on Dan a, and it's no knock on yeah. Dan Shulman. And but not everybody has tuned in and XM and all that or knows that's, how to get these correct. things. A lot yeah. of people, it comes, this is what happens with, with, it's really funny when you listen to people that they get to the postseason and they say, hey, our guys, our radio guy is still on the air. You know, this is for all the sports. Then they suddenly get interested in, well, how do I get that? Where is that? How do I get that, get that station? I want to turn down the sound and listen oh. to our guy because I want a, a local broadcast. And this is when we as blind people can step forward and say, well, we know where that is. And oh. you could do this. And I, you could do that. You know, I never knew the rule about the flag, about the network until the Astros went no five because I had never been in a place where a non-flagship because when I would listen to Cardinal games in the World Series, I was getting Camel X. So I right. heard. You know, I heard the games. Jack Buck or whoever, heard. yep. That's right. Yeah, I heard usually Jack Buck. So that's how how it works. That's a nut, uh, in a nutshell, there were different permutations, different World Series back in the day when they would, you know, be on the networks and different announcers would come in and sometimes teams had two announcers and it was crazy. But that's basically how it it worked over the years. Gary, go ahead. Okay. uh, I'm going to happy Memorial Day, everybody. Um, Want to say that I I totally agree with that. Yeah, I remember I was mad myself back in 1980 when Phillies were in the World Series, and uh, you know, we had KYW as a flagship then, and you couldn't hear Harry Callis, and it was crazy. And um, it, it's a shame now that uh, people can't listen, can't really DX anymore because of cable boxes 
places that have machinery that interfere with your reception and uh, uh, cell phone towers will mess that up too. Yeah. Yeah. Phone towers will mess. It's starting to now. It's starting to sound like all things radio. That's right. Okay. No, and you can't stream the local teams on. (laughs) You can't stream the local broadcast on the flagship on the internet. No, you can't. No. So, uh, but you didn't call about that, Jerry, because uh, that just got brought up. So, what did you call about? Okay. Um, I called. Basically to say, uh, I'm going to make a comment on this uh, thing that ESPN came out with. Could it be that the people that compiled the survey um, that, uh, you know, the people that retired too early, could it be that uh, they are a lot younger than most of us and can't relate to the well, economy? That, that's like exactly that's what happened here. I part think. of it, too, Jerry, is they don't even know about hockey. I mean, yeah. you know. To leave Bobby Orr off. Yeah, well, somebody, he's right. Somebody in there needs to have a little history. If you're going to talk about retirements, you're going to go back in the history of sports. And yeah, you got Jim Brown and Sandy Koufax, and that's fine. But you got to know about the other guys, too. Right. I mean, people that were, you know, in the 60s and 70s, you you got to know about Bobby Orr, too. That's all. Okay, that's basically all I wanted to say. Oh, thanks, Jerry. All right, well. So we get into some history. Do we have another, another Do we have Jamal? Do You're we have fine. Nope, go ahead. Nope. Okay. okay, so we got the history here. We'll do that, and then we'll do some significant Preaknesses. We have a few of them. Not every Preakness from World War. We're not going to do that. The Derby's the big race. We're not going to do it, but we're going to mention some of the ones that won uh, you know, the second race of the Triple Crown, and then we'll find out who beat them in the Belmont later on. We'll do that. And uh, in uh, 518, we start with last Monday. And then 1929, Brooklyn and Philadelphia Phillies play, uh, played a du- doubleheader. By the way, that was a Saturday. They used to play the doubleheaders on Saturday because they had the blue laws. And so you didn't play until later on Sunday. In some cities, you couldn't even play on Sunday in the back that far. So the Brooklyn and Philadelphia played a doubleheader. They scored 50 runs in the in the games. Uh, it was a, as I said, it was a Saturday. Brooklyn beat uh, the Phillies 20 to 16 in the first game, but then the Phillies bounced back and took the nightcap, as they say in sports, eight to six. And then well, sure. and Rob, Man- Rob Manford, if he were around, then he'd had a fit because the time would have been so long. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the thing is, they, they none, nobody had lights, so these things used to start and they'd get them done. Well, they knew that's they had true. Darkness coming, you know, well, so those I... games were done by eight o'clock or something, you know. In '71, <clears throat> the Montreal Canadiens beat the Blackhawks four games to three, and I remember that game because I was rooting for the Blackhawks, and I think they came from uh, Montreal came behind two to nothing in that game and came back and won it, and Tony Esposito. Let, home, let in a, a, a very soft goal from the blue line, and uh, during that game, making a two to one, getting the getting the Canadians going, and that was it. So uh, they they ended up winning that. Uh, Utah Stars beat Kentucky four games to three uh, to win the ABA title in 1971. Also, same night in 04, uh, Randy Johnson at 40 years old became the oldest pitcher to ever pitch a perfect game. I remember seeing that on TV. He did that against the Braves. Yeah, that's yeah. right. On the 19th, uh, we had, in 1942, Paul Wehner got his 3,000th hit. He was big poison, a big poison and little poison. Both the Wehner brothers played for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he hit them where they ain't. That's what his uh, motto was, you know, kind of the Rod Carew, Wade Boggs kind of guy, line drive hitter, not a home run hitter, but he got his 3,000th hit. And then in the 73, uh, Secretariat won the Preakness and set the record at 1 uh, minute 54 seconds for the, uh, the Pimlico there. In 74, 
the Flyers beat the Bruins four games to two to win the Stanley Cup, their first Stanley Cup and their first expansion team of the uh, the second six, shall we call them, or it's now the second five because the Seals went away. But, you know, that group of teams uh, to win the Stanley Cup. That was the first one of those and uh, won it uh, four games to two. Kate Smith sang uh, God Bless America live that day. So uh, there you go. And um, in 84, Edmonton beat the Islanders four games to one. That broke the Islanders' four-year winning streak. Uh, you know, 83, 83, they'd won the Stanley Cups. Then I was uh, saying that Canadian teams dominated there. In 84, it was Edmonton won the Cup. 85, they won it again. 86, uh, Montreal, 87. Uh, Calgary won it in 86. Calgary beat Montreal. No, Montreal won it in 86. Oh, that's uh, right. Edmonton won it in 87 and 88. Calgary won it in 89. Yeah. And then Edmonton won it in 90. So seven years in a row, the Canadian teams won the Stanley Cup. They haven't won one since 93 when Montreal won it. It's been, you know, almost 30 years, and they haven't that won one. So. First, that was Gretzky's first. Yeah. Yep. 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 The 20th of May, uh, let's see, what do we got? Uh, you know, two, two arrests at the Cubs games. In 1920, <laughs> they arrested 24 people for gambling. How, how? Imagine that in Chicago in the twenties. Wow, gambling. And the police the showed up in soldier. They showed up in like uniforms, dressed as soldiers and farmers. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, like undercover. And if they bet on the Cubs. They they won at least because they the Cubs beat the Phillies six to nothing. And in the, how come the Phillies are always in the? You never notice they're always getting no hit or beaten. Or something's always happening to the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. In sixty nine, uh, three Marines decided to beat up one of the members of Chicago. Peter uh, Cetera. Peter Cetera. He's a long-haired hippie freak, and they beat him up, you know? Yeah, he, was, yeah, he eventually became the lead singer of Chicago. They beat him up. They thought he was, so they, they got arrested. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that's right. I think they maybe were still trying to be the Chicago Transit Authority at that point. Who the heck knows? Yeah. In 72, uh, the Indiana Pacers beat the New York Nets, who, of course, later went to be the that, New Jersey Nets, and now they're the Brooklyn the only Nets. Time, that's the only time that two teams that eventually joined the ABA met in the finals. Right, and that uh, pro- I think Dr. J was on that team by then because he, I think he left UMass by uh, that 72, time. Seventy-two, he was. No, I think he was still with the Virginia Squires. Uh, oh, that's right. He went to Virginia before he went to uh, the Nets. He went to Virginia right? first, and then he might have been. I don't think he was at the Nets quite yet, but he was close. He, he, he was either yeah, that he was out of UMass. I think he was at UMass until seventy-one. But anyway, seventy-eight. Yeah. Uh, affirmed won the uh, the Preakness on his way to the Triple Crown. Eighty-three. Uh, Carlton uh, became the number two uh, guy in strikeouts behind Nolan Ryan. And uh, let's see, in uh, 84, Rogers comes his first win. So there you go. And on May 21st, in 47, uh, we had a $100 fine for Joe DiMaggio. That's when $100 was $100, you know. And he got fined for not going to a PR event. But a year later, to the day, he hit for the cycle. Joe DiMaggio did. There you Where go. have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Seventy-seven. Yeah. Seattle Slew won the uh, won the Preakness on the way to the Triple Crown. Seventy-nine. Montreal beat the Rangers. We talked about them getting to the finals uh, by the Bruins. That too many men in the ice penalty. Four games to one. Montreal beat the Rangers. <clears throat> in eighty-one, the Islanders won their second cup by beating the Minnesota North Stars four games to one. That's the only time the North Stars made the finals. Of course, now they have the Wild, and you know Minnesota became uh, Seattle. There was, you know, I mean Dallas, uh, right. but that, that's the only time the North Stars made the finals. Uh, and yeah. then we have the pitching duel, and they used to talk about this all the time on Mets games, Red Sox games, whatever. Frank Viola and Ron Darling with a pitching duel with uh, St. John's and Yale. 
uh, in the NCAA, in the and it the went uh, double no hitters till through the eleven innings. In the twelfth inning, finally St. John's uh, got some hits and won the game. But uh, that's always been discussed, and of course, uh, you know they were teammates with the Mets, so that's that's why that gets brought up. And on May twenty second, in seventy five, Kentucky beat Indiana four games to two in the ABA championship. Um, in uh, sixty two. Uh, Maris had four intentional walks in one game, and then Andre Dawson in 81 had five to set the record on the same day. And you don't think about he's a good hitter, but you don't think of him, you know, in, in and, the panting you know, on I, the sluggers. I wonder, if that's the, I wonder if that's the only time the same record was broken twice on the same day. Right. Well, yeah. unless it was a season kind of record that ended like on the same date of a season, you know, so that could happen in baseball. But I mean, you know, a, single first, ga- but a single game, a single, single game, game record. record. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't think that ever happens. The only other really. one I had for the for the history was the uh, the Islanders in, uh, in May twenty uh, fourth. They won their first Stanley Cup in nineteen eighty. Uh, I think. That was, yeah, that was today. So, yep. The Flyers uh, four games to two, and they won it in overtime. I remember watching that game. So, and then I've got a few preaknesses to uh, run through. Just uh, we've talked about a couple of them, but we'll, I'll just run them through some of the significant ones uh, since World War II. On May 18th, uh, Assault won it in '46, and he had won the ter- Derby in '57. Bold Ruler won it, and Iron Liege had won the race. But what happened was, this is an interesting story. One of the big jockeys, and I don't remember, it was Willie Shoemaker, Eddie R. Carroll, or uh, Bill Hartek. One of them, I think, it was Shoemaker pulled up short. He misjudged the finish line, and he pulled up a little short, and, I, and Bold Ruhr passed him and won it. And Iron Liege, you know, was leading, and he and he thought he was at the finish line. He wasn't quite there, so he pulled him up, and that's how they lost the race. I know it was one of the big three DJ, uh, jockeys there. I think it was Shoemaker. I'm not positive. Yeah. 68 forward pass, won again. He had won the Derby after not, you know, not beating him, uh, Dancer's Image on the track, but winning it because of the disqualification for the drugs. But he won that second jewel, and... Uh, War Emblem won it in, in uh, I think it was uh, uh, in 02, and that was the second jewel for him. On the 19th of May in 73, we already mentioned Secretariat won the record setter. 79, uh, Spectacular Bid won uh, the second jewel, again, having won the Derby. In 2018, Justified did the same thing. And, uh, and oh, in 12, uh, I have to thank Perry for that. I'll have another. Did have another. He won the, Dur- the yes. Preakness again. Got the second jewel there. And uh, so that was good. In uh, the 20th, in 61, Carryback won uh, the second race. Jerry's always talking about that race uh, uh, on his birthday, on the day before his birthday. And in the Derby in 61, well, Carryback won the Preakness as well that year. 78, as we mentioned, a firm won it on the way to the Triple Crown. 89, uh, Sunday Silence won the second jewel. 06, uh, Bernardini won it. But the reason we remember that race is Barbaro who had won the Derby, uh, broke down, uh, broke his leg, yes. and had to be put out, put, put down uh, on the track that day in 06. Very sad. And in 7, uh, and in tw- uh, let's see, and 21st, 66, Cowie King had uh, won it, the Derby, he won the Preakness. 77, on the way to the Triple Crown, Seattle flew. And I think that's it for the Preaknesses. And I think... Uh, yeah, because they didn't run any Preaknesses after World War II, after the second Saturday of May. Well... Right. So there you go. So we'll have, we'll have, we'll have to, when we do, if we're still doing this day in history, uh, other years, we'll have to throw in Preaknesses and the Belmonts at strange times of the year. That's right. Yeah. And well, when we do the 2020, uh, it's going to be all messed up. Well, uh, hockey, Stanley Cup finals in October and everything. Yeah. So I I think we got any callers or Christmas. We do not. So Sean, go ahead and hit the wrap up. 
Well, okay. I'm not going to tell you. You're already listening on the podcast, so you know how to listen there. But you can leave feedback at any time, 800-693-0595. Option number two, say it's for Sports Lounge. Or you can send us an email at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. Next week, we're going to come back. We'll tell you uh, who's playing, who's not, what's changed, what's what hasn't changed. We might have uh, some history about Indy 500s. We should have some Indy 500 info uh, from years past. We should yeah, have mixed into our uh, history things. And what? Well, yeah, we'll have we'll have what baseball did to screw up their plan this time. You know, we'll find that out. <laughs> or we'll to actually, spread it, screw it up, or scare everybody, or whatever. Yeah, It'd be nice if they just signed on the dotted line this week. That'd be great. At least we'd yeah, know something was yeah. settled. I guess we'll see you next week. We'll see you right. next week.